Welcome to Source Material. My name is Jesse Starcher, and tonight we are going to be discussing a book. I don't cover too many books from the 70s. It's it's pretty rare. I've done a few. Uh, one of the ones I can remember off the top of my head, and as a matter of fact, I saw advertised in uh, one of these issues we're talking about tonight. Uh, we discussed where me and Benjamin J. Cologne talked about Spider-Man versus Superman. That came out, I think, in 78. So it's, it's, it's very... It's rare. Count. It counts. It's a crossover. Hey, that makes me happy. You know, I like the crossovers. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's there's probably there's probably just a handful that I've covered here prior to the 1980s. So this will be a fun topic. We're talking Black Lightning, the first 12 issues that came out in 1977 and ended in 1978. Uh, so we have come together tonight, and there's I guess let's. Talk to the man, the myth, the legend, the guy that makes the Radulich and Broadcasting Network happen. His name is Mark Radulich. Mark Radulich, tell us why we are talking Black Lightning tonight. We're talking Black Lightning, Jesse Starcher, because next week on the CW, when all of the Arrowverse shows come back, uh, the ones that are scheduled to apparently Supergirl and Legends of Tomorrow are doing an alternating thing where one of them is coming back until the other until it ends and then they're switching. Yeah. Uh, In the place of Legends of Tomorrow's previous time slot, which was nine, uh, 10 o'clock on Tuesdays, I believe, or sorry, nine o'clock on Tuesdays is a show called black lightning based on this comic That's and right. i thought wouldn't it be nice <laughs> before the show comes out to talk about the inspiration for this show uh let me let me just say this the other reason why we're we're talking uh black lightning look there, there's been some talk of a casual heroes reunion and whether or not i would be a part of it i can't be a part of it i'm too busy doing this show now and i can't abandon it i've already made up the schedule for the year <laughs> you know year? what's funny is that's generous that's you know dude not generous but that's ronnie i'm just list- telling yourself i'm listening to the jumanji uh damn you hollywood okay and robert winfrey and mark radlich are going back and forth as they usually do and at one point mark radlich utters this bald-faced lie okay to which he said <laughs> and i utter and i tell you this okay and this is legit out of his mouth he says is it a malicious hang on wait, is it a malicious <laughs> ill-willed lie <laughs> it is a malicious <laughs> ill-willed lie go know. please continue <laughs> continue i don't Jeff. know if it's one of those winfrey asked him about something some movie that they may be covering in the future and mark radlich says i don't know I don't schedule that far in advance. And I about picked up the phone and said, bullshit. <laughs> that you. <laughs> I, I could Wait, not. No, I did, stop. He said it. He said it. I'm not kidding. Marcus Mark Bartholomew Radlich. <laughs> Shame <laughs> on you. Uh, I'm telling you such a lie. Unreal. All right. Well, let's talk about Black Lightning here. Ronnie Adams, uh, what's your familiarity with Black Lightning prior to us? You know, he diving into exists. this. He exists. He uh, exists. I mean, what have you ever seen him in any comics that you've read? Or um, yeah, a little bit. I mean, 
as a background slash supporting character I have. I mean, I'm not I'm not super familiar with him. Some of his power set in the comic books that we read for this were surprising to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a cover of a Justice League comic. I'm trying to find it here. I actually have a cover uh, uh, this a copy of this issues Justice League of America number one seventy three. I've never read anything with Black Lightning in it. I own this issue and I've never read the issue, but. Superman actually comes to Black Lightning and he's he's got his hands extended to him and he says, we want you on the team, Black Lightning. All right. And Black Lightning says, and I quote, with that jive bunch of turkeys in the JLA, forget it. Okay. Now, here's the thing. Well, he's got a point. <laughs> I based a lot of what my expectation of Black Lightning and how he was written off of that one phrase and that one cover of Justice League of America. I can tell you that what we get in the series is not anywhere near what my expectation was. And Mark, you have you ever had any run-ins with Black Lightning at all prior to this in any comics? I know you're a Marvel, you were a Marvel guy, but I don't know if you ever read any old DC or new DC. You ever see Black Lightning before? No, I honestly I would have been one of those people who I if I wasn't you know the researcher and and uh, wikipedia addict i would never have known this was a real thing yeah. like when I, when I saw the black lightning promos you could have convinced me that they just made that character up for tv <laughs> yeah I, i'm right there with you man I, I i knew nothing other than the fact that he was uh, a dc comic book character i do have a little bit on you all i knew he was a comic character <laughs> i just didn't know anything about him yeah i didn't i didn't i didn't really know, know much at all i knew he was from the 70s my expectation was okay he's he's going to be part of a bunch of black exploitation storylines you know with a name like black lightning obviously the creator or somebody is is trying to get across a message that, yes this is an african-american who has superpowers by the way I spoiler, say, spoiler, I, I think, we didn't really talk about that go ahead i was gonna say i think first of all the, the guy that created black lightning i believe also wrote if not created uh luke cage and i feel like this was their attempt to create a dc <coughs> luke cage yeah dc's luke cage tony isabella is the writer uh, and the creator of this comic book and the creator of Black Lightning. He created also Black Goliath. Ronnie Adams, you recognize that name, right? Yes, I do. It's Bill Foster. That's right. He's created those two. And uh, yes, he has wrote Luke Cage, from what I understand. Um, Trevor Von Eden is the artist, by the way, uh, known for work on such titles as Black Lightning, Batman, Green Arrow, Power Man, and Iron Fist. Uh, in the biographical series, the original Johnson. Hmm. Yeah, uh, there you go. Uh, so that's that's kind of your creative team. Hmm. I think it was very interesting. Some of the stuff off the wiki. Uh, I I, I want to throw this out there because if I forget, I'm going to kick myself at the end of this podcast. So I'm going to read this to you guys real quick. Your guys are more than welcome to comment. I posted this in our chat, but I want to go ahead and read it. See if you guys have any comments. The original candidate for DC Comics' first headlining black superhero was a character called called the Black Bomber, a white racist who would turn into a black superhero under stress, but would later be described by comics historian Don Markstein as an insult to practically everybody with any point of view at all. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, I, I honestly, it took me like three or four laps in my brain to try and picture how a character like that would either go over or even be written in comic books. <laughs> any comments or are we just going to leave it at that, Mark? <laughs> that's a that's a hysterical like 
Look, that's a dead can, accurate description. Yeah, but uh, uh, look, I, and not not to not to provoke yet another debate with Ronnie Adams this early in the podcast. But, um, some lacing up the boots. <laughs> but in the in the defense of creating a black bomber character, there were blacks who bombed in the 60s and 70s. There were radical black nationalists who acted as terrorists, and it would not be the weirdest thing in the world for a comic book artist or for a comic book creator to to use that as inspiration. For better or for worse. (laughs) Ronnie, could you imagine the conflict that just unfolded upon the pages of the Black Bomber when this white racist who gets mad turns into a black man? I mean, the internal conflict alone. My nose almost bleeds thinking about it. (laughs) (laughs) It just, even back then, what is going through your mind? Exactly. What in Wasn't the, there a movie? What, where, are, what an interesting social experiment that would be. No, no, like, no. Like, now think about it. Like you're a white racist, and when you lose control, you become a black nationalist. <laughs> Wasn't there a movie where a, a white racist man was resur- was reincarnated as a black man? Uh, okay, well that was a Chappelle, that was a Chappelle show skit, and that was he was blind. And no, he, he was, was he was a blind white supremacist who was black. Right. That, that was that was a Chappelle show, but there was a movie. <laughs> I thought, or a maybe you're thinking of something. Soul Man, where where a white guy used like tanning solution to become a black guy, and he puts Jerry Curls no, in there. That was so just get into Harvard or that Yale. Was, that was just offensive, um, <laughs> or funny, depending on your point of view. Well, yeah, I mean, but are you thinking I'm of not allowed to have a point of view? Are you thinking <laughs> but, of black like me? Uh, the book where um, uh, where a writer again disguises himself as a black a white writer disguises himself as a black person to understand the black plight. All right, so um, <laughs> I, what did I say? If there are any listeners, I don't know. I'm just moving on because I don't think we're going to have an answer as to the Ronnie's uh, misguided uh, attempt at trying to figure out what that movie is. And I want our listeners to chime in at some point if you guys know what in the world ronnie adams is thinking of here please send it over all right so here we go okay so what are we going what we're going to do here is i'm going to do my best to summarize the uh, six <laughs> issues and then we'll kind of talk a little bit about what i talked uh, what, what i brought forth and then we'll do the last six and we'll talk about that now tony isabella did the first 10 issues of this series uh it was then handed over to dennis or denny o'neill uh who did the last two well actually He did the last two. If you were buying Black Lightning on the newsstands at that time, it only went to issue 11. And then issue 12 was canceled and what they called the DC implosion at that point in time, where a bunch of titles got canceled. And then in... <laughs> and, and world's finest comics number 260 they actually published the final 12th issue uh which we'll just you know I'll, I'll i'll discuss here all right so here we go now let's let's talk about the character black lightning now black lightning comes from he actually grew up in what is called the suicide slum in metropolis uh as an a- african-american grew up became a olympic decathlete well the thing is is that they bring that up a lot throughout these issues yeah, yeah they always bring up um you know, this isn't the decathlon or whatever. They would always kind of bring that up that he was an Olympic athlete. And I think he performed in two or placed in two, uh, two sets of Olympics. But anyway, he's a pretty Jack dude already. He's able, he's, he's very, he's got skills. We'll just put it that way. In our first few issues, you really don't get much of 
any powers really it's not like the guy can shoot lightning out of his it's not like he can run really fast he's kind of like your just average joe uh that's that's uh make that your average your you're better than average athlete and he has a, a friend of his by the name of mr gamby it's a family friend that's been around for quite a while and he's actually his tailor who creates some kind of electromagnetic belt so think of punisher's microchip that's kind of how i envision him although he, nowhere near as detailed he would just go to him he would kind of hook him up with a few tools and then jefferson pierce black lightning could go out and do his duty now how did jefferson pierce become black lightning well here's the thing when he came back to suicide slum to begin living again he became a teacher at garfield high school and while teaching there, one day he, he, he befriended a student who became or somehow had an altercation, became involved or had, had an altercation with a guy by the name of Joey Toledo, this drug pusher. And Jefferson Pierce stepped in. There was a fracas, a ruckus, if you will. Jefferson Pierce, <laughs> Jefferson Pierce, the teacher put Joey Toledo in his place. Joey Toledo on Smashed a face into some lockers. Yeah, yeah, he messed was, them up. It was pretty rough. Smashing somebody's face into lockers. This is kind of violent. It, I, I agree. <laughs> this is, it's violent. But yeah, depends okay. on who you're asking. <laughs> so Joey Toledo, by the way, he works for a guy by the name of the White Whale, who's this albino man. If you look at him, he looks like uh, an albino. What? Yeah, kingpin. kingpin. Thank you very kingpin. much. I have white. Is it the kingpin, Mark? White kingpin. <laughs> kingpin. Albino kingpin. And albino kingpin. The White Whale kingpin. is. Member, he's a member of what they call the 100. The 100 is mentioned through, I think, the first six or eight issues here quite a bit. The 100 is a a gang of gangs, uh, I guess you would say, or the 100 families across the United States that are mobsters. So the 100 mobster families across the United States. And the White Whale is a member of one of them, actually one of the stronger members of the 100. But anyway... So Joey Toledo gets upset about the fact that Jefferson Pierce has interfered, goes and finds the student later, like a, a day or so later. And long story short, the, the kid end up, ends up getting killed. Uh, Joey Toledo was just going to rough him up. That's, he ends up getting hit by a car. Sad story. Like, but Like you do. Like you do. The thing is, is that Joey Toledo, to send a message, takes the kid and strings him up on a basketball hoop. So the next morning when uh, Jefferson Pierce walks in, he sees the kid hanging there dead. Uh, at that point in time, that's where Black Lightning is born. He has decided to make it his his goal to try and end crime around suicide slum and become the hero that the people need. All right. So that's kind of where issue one takes us. Issue two, we learn a few more things uh, about his powers and his belt. I think he he's able to electrify something and shock some guys by using his belt. He's going after Toledo in issue two. Okay, so Joey Toledo's on it on his hit list, and he's going to go take take things to him. Uh, in the middle of this uh, issue two, we have Talia Al Ghul show up, which was kind of a surprise in my opinion. That was weird. Yeah, she just kind of shows up out of nowhere, but it, she's been tracking this guy by the name of Merlin, who apparently is working for the White Whale as well. Merlin shows up. Uh, I think he ends up killing Toledo. Talia Al Ghul mm -hmm. ends up trying to go after him. And Black Lightning's like, look, no, let him go. There's too much, too much killing been going on. Let Merlin go and 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 we'll live to fight another day. How's that? Can I comment on that for one second? So, you know, I just got into what in the past year, uh, throughout 2017, uh, in my various hospitalizations, I got into watching Arrow. Yeah. And the villain in the first season of Arrow is actually Merlin the Magician. Oh, really? Which, okay. Yeah. yeah, I had I had no idea. Um, 
<laughs> what he was i mean like every time like i've watched arrow i literally have to like go through the wiki and be like all right who's who's a real character and who's made up bullshit you know like i'm finding out about all these dc these lesser known dc characters you know the ones outside of the pantheon of gods basically superman batman etc backwards and because i watched the cw arrowverse shows so it was like so he's so it was like i've seen him in a bunch of seasons of arrow and then he was on the last season of uh, Legends of Tomorrow as part of the Legion of Doom. And I was like, who the hell is this guy? And then he shows up in Black Lightning. I'm like, oh, yeah. that's fun. Yep. Part of, and they mentioned that he's a member of the League of Assassins, and that's why Talia was trying to go mm-hmm. after him. Yeah, um, which is actually pretty accurate of a, of a description in Arrow. Okay. Yeah. Now, see, the, what's the girl? What's her name? Uh, Ra's al Ghul's daughter's name in Arrow? Is that Talia? Her name is Nyssa. 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 Okay. Yeah. Despite one name being different, uh, it was pretty, pretty freaking accurate. Okay. Okay, so Merlin goes off to fight another day. Our heroes, you know, Black Lightning kind of regrets the fact that he's become kind of a violent superhero, convinces Talia not to go after Merlin and no more bloodshed for for that issue. Now, issue three, uh, Black Lightning is blamed for the killing of Toledo. Uh, And we also get our introduction to a purple hat jive talking brother by the name of Two Bits. Uh, and he's found out where the whales, the white whales headquarters is, you know, w- let's just go ahead and get this out of the way. Did you guys get a black exploitation feel uh, of what you read? OK, did, did you get that at all? Yeah, but not as much as Luke Cage. Okay. Luke Cage definitely felt more like you could actually hear the Shaft theme when when you read a Luke Cage, you know, a 70s Power Man and Iron Fist. I mean, I remember when the Netflix series came out and Gavin was like, if he's not like a, a jive talking, high Afro having, you know, jive soul bro, then that's not Power Man. Which there's an argument to be made for that. I don't necessarily agree, but you know that that is one argument, and definitely the old '70s Power Man and Iron Fist, Luke Cage. Just it just came across like '70s B movie fare. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. the white kung fu guy, the jive talking brother. You know, taking it to the streets. You just hear Shaft in the background the whole time. The Black Lightning character. One of the things I liked about him, I liked and disliked because on the one hand. While I think they that he is definitely a product of the time, they paid his characterization is such that they that they made sure they paid certain tribute to the fact that he is an educated black guy. Not not all black people, you know, talk like Jive Soul Bro. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not all slick. <laughs> Everyone take a drink from the WWF. <laughs> And so he speaks appropriately. You know, he speaks like a man with an education. He's got a little bit of slang to him because don't we all, right? We, you know, we're all educated people, but we all, you know, carry with us a little bit of slang, a little bit of vernacular. And so that's there, but it isn't like it isn't every other word out of his mouth. You know, he's not calling everybody a turkey, you know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So this is actually an el- more elevated version of the black exploitation character. But there's definitely some of that there because a lot of those black exploitation movies are angry black men faces tragedy takes his anger to the streets and brings down the mob okay or bring, you know brings down a gang they're almost like to a letter to a movie all written the same way and that's what this is i mean he literally like you know he, he's the educated black man who comes back to his who comes back home to rest i mean he says it in every issue uh to rest control of the streets from the gang that took it over Mm-hmm. That's literally every black exploitation movie. That's the plot. <laughs> okay, Ronnie, do you agree with Mark? I mean, did you see yeah. exploitation elements in here as well? I did, but not like I, not like I expected. Okay, 
um, it was very light uh, in in those elements. And uh, a lot of people might disagree with me, but uh, you haven't read a lot of comic books from the 70s. I saw where he called people turkeys. Uh, There was a whitey thrown out there, things like that. For the time, that was just the language and it wasn't abundant that was no it wasn't what I was like every other for. word yeah mostly what i was looking for was the overuse of slang yeah and and, and pimp slapping somebody or something stupid like that i i yeah. thought that's what i would be seeing a lot of or at least if it, that's kind of what i was going to expect if it was trying to use that type of genre in this book right uh, didn't see that a whole lot so no not at all or well yeah we saw a little bit but not well, yeah to the to the point of i mean you saw that a lot in like power man and and power man and iron fist and and other comic books even you know even in the predominantly like in your main comic book heroes if they had a a african-american character show up in the 70s he talked like that you know Mm -hmm. so it wasn't as predominant as it was in other books and that, that was that was actually i was it was quite pleased with that because it's one you know i just didn't want it to be another stereotypical 70s comic book yes yes lots of lots of word bubbles (laughs) black lightning being blamed for the killing of toledo the police are now on his on his tail kind of watching for him we meet two bits already talked about him he finds out where the whales headquarters the white whales headquarters is and lets uh black lightning know what's where it's at we see like where this electromagnetic belt that he is wearing is making black lightning stronger it seems like he's got he even surprises himself a couple times of how strong he's becoming uh we also meet miss miss lynn stewart who is a new addition to the school uh she's a new teacher black lightning goes after the white whale in issue three cops are going to arrest the white whale and black lightning both uh but both of the, the white whale and black lightning are able to able to escape and at one point black lightning actually activates his his uh, electromagnetic belt in order to try and get away from this guy by the name of inspector henderson when he does that he almost well i think he gives like the inspector a heart attack a heart attack Uh, yeah yeah he's he's down on the ground doubled over so now now he's got injuring a police officer on his on his rep sheet as well his rap sheet excuse me his rap sheet uh then we go to issue four which hey it's about time we get the big guy from metropolis in here a guy by the name of Superman who's on the freaking cover of this. The story starts out with Jimmy Olsen, who is working kind of with the police and and trying to find and, and dig on the story of Black Lightning, this vigilante who's making his way around the suicide slums. The White Whale, our, our nefarious leader here, has a has employed a guy by the name of the Cyclotronic Man, a guy by the name of Ned Cregan. I know uh, that character. <laughs> I've never heard of this guy in my life. So I don't even know what a cyclotron is. I was like, I'm going to have to. Nobody knows what a cyclotron is. Cyclotron. So the cyclotronic man, he ends up going after Jimmy Olsen to try and bait Superman. So he's got some kind of agenda against Superman here. Uh, Black Lightning, however, sees what's going on and interferes. Black Lightning and Jimmy Olsen team up to try and face uh, face the cyclotronic man. He, Jimmy Olsen's clearly outmatched. He gets tossed into an air conditioning unit on the roof. Black Lightning's afraid Jimmy Olsen's dead. I mean, he's not moving. Luckily, Black Lightning is soon able to best the cyclotronic man. But as soon as he goes to check on Jimmy Olsen, uh, yeah, Superman appears and tells him to stay away. Get away from Jimmy Olsen. If you've heard him, something like, uh, something like, if you heard him, I'm going to tear you apart. Yeah, Superman's telling Black Lightning this. So that's kind of where we end issue four. Now we get into issue five. We have the showdown pretty much between Superman and Black Lightning. Uh, as Superman approaches Black Lightning, 
for some reason assumes that he's going to attack him and punches Superman. Uh, I don't know how, but Black Lightning is able to dodge Superman here. I think Superman comes at him and Black Lightning is able to get out of his way pretty quickly. But he is definitely outmatched. And near the end, he as he wears out, Superman goes to check on Jimmy Olsen. And we forgot about the, our third player in this, fourth player, the Cyclotronic Man, who uh, ends up attacking <laughs> Superman and bringing down the building that they're on top of. This all happens on the top of a roof. And he brings down this building on top of Superman and his friends. But that's no sweat, as Superman brings both Black Lightning and Jimmy Olsen out of the, out of the wreckage of this building. Uh, so the Cyclotronic Man takes off and runs away. Supes decides, so he's not going to chase after him. Superman's like, no, I'm not going after him. Instead, he's going to bring in Black Lightning. That's right. He's going to bring Black Lightning to justice right now. But Black Lightning's like, look, man, I did not kill Joey Toledo. And at that moment, uh, Superman uses his telescopic vision and confirms that Joey Toledo died by an arrow shot by Merlin. Okay, yeah, there we just wrap that plot up nice and neat as he can use his micro or telescopic vision to figure all that out. So Superman now believes Black Lightning. Um, Somehow Black Lightning says, hey, look, why don't you toss me? Toss me. I want to catch up with a cyclotronic man. Superman throws Black Lightning. He crashes into the sun. (laughs) 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 Throws him and he goes through the roof and he catches up with uh, old uh, cyclotronic man here who is in the middle of a conversation with this masked man. Uh, this man who has been apparently a, an advisor to the white whale uh, and I guess leaking police information to the white whale. I mean, we don't know why, but Black Lightning and the cyclotronic man's tussle uh, as the man in the mask escapes. Uh, and then at the end of the issue, Inspector Henderson leaves the hospital, comes home to meet his son, a young man who just got home and through his mask into his top drawer. Yes, the same mask, the same masked man that was talking to the cyclotronic man is the inspector's son and is also in league with the 100 and the white whale. So we have this little bit of a plot thread where the inspector's son is is kind of a criminal as well. Issue six, <laughs> Black Lightning's good friend, Jefferson Pierce's family friend, Mr. Gamby has been kidnapped. Uh, and we find out there's a little bit of a history with now, now I told you guys, and I want to let everybody know right now, it's just been kind of, it's been kind of standard fare for comic books here, but we're going to get into some spoiler territory. So I want everybody to understand if you're interested in watching the black lightning series, we're about to start coming onto some pretty big plot points for some characters that are pretty essential to this show. So just be prepared. If you want to turn us off, come back later after you watch the season, you're going to be waiting to hear from us for a while at a pair, apparently, but regardless, we're getting ready to spoil some stuff. So Mr. Gamby, who's been kidnapped, we find out that he has a history, kind of his history with Jefferson Pierce. And apparently Mr. Gamby showed up after Jefferson's dad had died and befriended his mom and him Uh, back at school. We find out that Lynn Stewart was actually married to Jefferson in the past. Because you, you could tell that they aren't getting along when she shows up, and you'd wonder why. And it turns out that Lynn Stewart's actually Jefferson Pierce's ex-wife. Cyanide, the, 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 the villain of this issue, has uh, kidnapped Mr. Gamby to get at Black Lightning. He ends up shooting Black Lightning with this mind-numbing drug. Uh, with this dart cyanide puts a leash around his neck and he's uh, apparently uh, susceptible now to the power of suggestion. So cyanide can tell black lightning something and he's going to do it. So he slips a leash around black lightning's neck and walks off with black lightning. And then we get a reveal that Mr. Gamby, the Taylor friend of black lightning, the family friend of Jefferson Pierce was actually the man that killed black lightning's father. That's right. 
Black Lightning, Jefferson Pierce lost his dad uh, to a random, what seemed to be a random shooting. And apparently after doing this, Cyanide says, hey, look, this guy kind of horned in on your uh, mom and uh, and in you guys after this had happened. I don't think there's a romantic relationship between Mr. Gamby and, and Jefferson's mom, but there there is that bit that makes you think, well, OK, what's going on here? So that was kind of the cliffhanger of issue six. So, guys, it's been quite a while <laughs> since we started from issue one to issue six. <laughs> uh, and I don't know if you guys remember what happened in the Sorry. previous five issues, but can you, do you guys have any, any comments, suggestions? We'll start with Mark there. First six issues of black lightning. You let's hear what you got to say about them. I was, again, I was, I said before that there were things I liked about the black lightning character and then things I wasn't crazy about. Marvel, I thought, always did a really good job of making their heroes fallible. You know, even someone like Captain America, who was all, you know, Nancy Reagan and apple pie, and especially in the later years, you know, they've made him, they made him a renegade against the government. They blew him up in a, they blew him up in a meth lab and he had to get the super soldier serum out. There's always something about these characters that, that makes them imperfect, you know, gives them blemishes. I look at this black lightning character and he's an Olympic athlete and he's a teacher and he's a this and it, it was like. Is there anything that he isn't? Yeah, you know, there's not he, too many faults. Yeah, yeah. You know, and he's good to his mother. You know, it's just like, all right. You know, he he. It, it's the Superman thing. It's like, okay, well, he's perfect. Mm-hmm. Who cares? Yeah. Um, but I think because I'm just intrinsically drawn to a lot of black culture, especially. I mean, as I was saying before, you know, like I'm really, I love black expectations. I used back when I was collecting DVDs, I had a ton of those movies. Um, like I really studied this stuff. Uh, Soul Cinema, that was the company that was, the, you know, that had the rights to a lot of these movies and was pack- repackaging them and selling them uh, as DVDs. So I think I enjoyed the first six issues on that level, that it took me back to that time and, you know, that kind of motif. And the character, again, wasn't so over the top 70s black guy that I didn't want to poke my eyes out after reading his dialogue. <laughs> Which, as much as I loved Luke Cage, like that would drive me nuts after a while. What you talking um, about, Jive Turkey? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was, it was like, oh gosh, like if you ever read some of like the Sunday funnies. Uh, oh gosh, what was the what was the one character who was like what used to wear the hat over his eyes? And, you know, and yeah, and like it was almost unintelligible what they made that character say. Like I couldn't understand half of what I was reading because it was all done in like 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 pig Latin, basically. Um, he used to be like a have a Cockney accent. Yeah, it's it was unintelligible is what it was. Um, <laughs> it sucked, Ronnie. Okay, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and so I and so thankfully there's not a lot of that here. I thought it was interesting, and I don't know how I feel about it. You know, I in, intent plays a large part of how I feel about certain things. And if they were using a character like Superman to sell the book, I don't know if I really enjoyed then his participation in the story. Mm-hmm. I also thought it was retarded and unbelievable. You know that like Black Lightning sort of chanting at Superman. Yeah, Ronnie, what what are your thoughts here on the first six issues? <laughs> it was enough to hold my attention really really surprised and 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 kind of pleased at the the lack of the uh, the black exploitation mm-hmm. uh, element in it just like i think you pointed out on a messenger and I, I completely agree with that the i just i really want to talk about about white whale <laughs> okay <laughs> because when did patrick star's albano cousin you know turn to crime <laughs> 
<laughs> ah, that's a wonderful comparison because I was trying to figure out what what is a great what was a great person to compare him to. And yeah, Patrick Starr is just about right. His head comes to a point. Yeah, I don't know if they were actually shooting to try and make him look like a whale, but he's definitely he's some he, type of a mutant or deformed human being. He's not a whale. All right, let's get through these next six issues real quick, and we'll, we will call it a night here. We'll get through our six issues and plugs, and I'll do my best to try and keep these, these as short as possible. All right, here we go. So at the end of issue six, Black Lightning is trapped. The white whale has his, has captured Black Lightning. He is using cyanide. White, the white whale wants cyanide to kill him, and, and cyanide is like... Uh, he has reservations about doing this. Apparently he has some kind of an honor code, which is really strange, but he doesn't want to kill black lightning. Black lightning lets uh, Mr. Gamby know that he knows now that he was the one who killed his father. Uh, Fisto and Quick Kick, which is not the real names, by the way, but they certainly look like them. Some dude with a metal fist and guy with uh, a bandolier with ninja stars on them. Uh, they are not their real names. This is why people in Hollywood don't respect comic books. And like, we can do this better. Or let's make this a little realistic because who's running around there in a bright yellow leotard with ninja stars? Okay, who who's running around there with metal teeth? Uh, Jaws from from that's true. James Bond. That's true. Uh, so they show up. Fisto and Quick Kick showed up and to escort okay. escort Black Lightning to the arena to be killed right in front of White Whale. Black Lightning escapes. Uh, he makes his way to makes his way to the arena and white whale orders cyanide to kill black lightning. So even though he escaped, he's still making his way to the arena. Cyanide pulls the trigger, but Mr. Gamby dives in front of the bullet, saving black lightning's life. Cyanide in a weird twist of, like I said, he had some kind of an honor code. Cyanide also dies. He rigs the gun to kill himself as he pulls the trigger because he's broken the co- his code of honor, which is just strange. Uh, the white whale is brought down by black lightning who after watching Mr. Gamby sacrifice himself, uh, begins to also start to show some kind of superpowers. At least that's the way I took it. So he actually starts to gain superpowers after watching this happen. Uh, Inspector Henderson is now also, who, who's been after Black Lightning, uh, and the tipster who is giving these gangsters info, unaware that that's his, uh, that's his son uh, that has been doing this. So that's kind of issue seven. Mr. Gamby dies, Cyanide kills himself, trying to kill Black Lightning, and white wh- the White Whale has been captured. Now issue eight, the white whale's in the police station. And he escapes p- police custody. He takes Inspector Henderson hostage after laying to rest Mr. Gamby and sort of reconciling with his ex-wife, Lynn. Jefferson Pierce dons his Afro mask combination wig. Yes, that is correct. That's it the is- other thing I forgot to mention. <laughs> <laughs> he becomes Black Lightning and finds the White Whale who, who had just escaped police custody. And of course, a duel ensues in front of Inspector Henderson. Uh, the White Whale informs Henderson that, hey, he says, look, it's been your son who's informing me about uh, the, the police procedures this whole time, uh, you know, whatever. So now Inspector Henderson has found out that his his own son is a criminal. Uh, Black Lightning, Black Lightning, Black Lightning, Black Lightning is given an opening and takes down the white whale. So he takes him down. Henderson apologizes to Black Lightning. Now the 100, or at least a crucial part of the 100, has now seems defeated. And that that is kind of where we end the story arc 
this whole massive story arc between Black Lightning and the White Whale. Now, these next few issues are kind of one note, one shot, almost kind of deal. Where issue nine, we have a, a villain show up by the name of the Annihilist, who is a terrorist who's come and taken a, a class hostage at Garfield High School, the one that Jefferson Pierce teaches at. It also turns out that his ex-wife Lynn and her class are also taken hostage. And there's a there's a bit of a, a discussion between Inspector Henderson and uh, a, a new cop by the name of Jim Corrigan, who shows up. Yes, Jim Corrigan, the Spectre, which oh, yeah, is, yeah. is kind of interesting. And, and he is listed as being a prime player in this series. He only really shows up twice. And I, he, he, only, he honestly only is in like a couple panels here. Well, I shouldn't say that because he teams up with Black Lightning, goes into... The goes into the basement to try and rescue the class and, from these terrorists. Uh, so when they break into there, there's these robot goons everywhere. Black Lightning saves the day and escapes home to tell two bits the story of uh, the story about what happened. But as he's in the middle of the story, someone busts through the door, and it's none other than his ex-wife, Lynn Stewart, accusing. <laughs> telling pretty much telling uh, Jefferson Pierce that she knows that he is Black Lightning. And that's kind of where we end issue nine. So we got the team up between Jim Corrigan and the Black Lightning going in there and taking care of business. But the big thing is Lynn Stewart is now aware of who Jefferson Pierce really is. Now, in issue 10, the trickster shows up and there's a big scheme to steal a diamond from a carnival. It's a whole big deal. The funniest part of this whole issue is the dumb guy who is doubling as a fake Black Lightning, a guy by the name of Jocko, okay, who one of my favorite quotes, and I think I shared this with you guys, is where he tells this woman that, you know, he's a big, dumb football, ex-football player who got fired off the team because he tackled his own quarterback. (laughs) Now, try and figure that shit out, okay? (laughs) I can understand some mistakes in football, but tackling your own quarterback, your own offense, you dumbass, you're supposed to block. All right. So anyway, uh, <laughs> just one time. <laughs> I, I mean, uh huh. Yeah. And and there was a plan of like a group of guys were going to run up, and then you know the guys <laughs> in the back, you know, we would defend the base, and we would we would give them cover. And I'm not a soldier. I'm not trained in the art of warfare. And I heard people coming, so I shot my paintball gun. <laughs> <laughs> You lit up your teammate, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. So all those guys that ran out ahead all come back covered in paint. <laughs> you shot them. Oh my gosh! Dude. And they're looking at me like, dude, what did you do? Why did you do that? Like, I don't like. What did you just shoot politely? Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, and I did. Oh, I wow. don't know what I was shooting at, but I heard people coming and I just sprayed the woods. Ronnie, have you ever and shot I, your own teammate? Yeah. Because I know you play a lot of uh, paintball. Airsoft. Airsoft, yeah. Yeah, not paintball, but airsoft. Listen, we played airsoft um, at uh, a paintball field. So we would take turns with the paintballers using, you know, using certain field, uh, you know, if they weren't playing, we'd play kind of a deal. We were sitting and relaxing and, and resting after a game. And I was watching some of the paintballers. They paint with this guy brings his girlfriend and she doesn't know what she's doing. Okay. Uh, uh, which, you know, this is her first time, you know, you know, no big deal. You know, we'll teach you blah, blah, blah. And so he tells her when the buzzer hits, and now he's hardcore. You can tell he he likes paintball. When the buzzer hits, 
you run out and you shoot the other team. And that was his basic instructions. You know, you uh-huh. don't tell them, you know, people much other than that. So she's sitting there and she is nervous as all get out. Just, you can tell she's got, she's, she's kind of shaking a little bit. You know, she's, she's ready to go. She doesn't know what to do. The buzzer hits Rambo takes off running in front of her. As soon as the buzzer hits, not knowing that as soon as the buzzer hits, she just laid the hammer down <laughs> and lit him up from ankle to the back of his head. And he's like, what the F are you do-? just let into her? He's like, I can't believe you shot me. She goes, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and uh, it was the funniest thing oh and paintballers and airsofters tend not to get along very well okay sometimes so when we're all laughing our butts off in full tactical gear sitting there looking like a bunch of morons he he did not enjoy that in the least oh, but dude. it was the funniest freaking thing i've seen in a long time which puts me in a lot of my a lot in the mind of tackling your own quarterback <laughs> <laughs> because you know as rambo as this guy was he was a good he was you know you could tell he was going to be the the player yeah boy she took him out of the game quick. <laughs> that's Just hilarious like within the first five seconds he was done he had oh. to sit out the entire round man well one of the things i wanted to point out about this this issue 10 uh, other than uh, Jocko uh, and his hijinks, I mean, obviously the trickster gets stopped. The diamonds, you know, the diamond doesn't leave. Nothing really uh, extensive happens in here. Like I said, it's a one-off. But there's this, there's a very strange couple pages, and I don't know if you guys saw it or not. But there's like this, I don't know, this like cult that's meeting in this church. It's all happening at, like in between interludes of these chapters, and then you know that there's some creepy stuff going on. All the servants uh, of the church and the the guy the priest or whatever, they all leave. And then there's just this, this picture sitting on the altar. And then it kind of zooms in panel by panel until you finally get up to the, up to the picture. And it's a picture of Lynn Stewart, black lightning's ex-wife. So you know that there's some kind of nefarious stuff that's going to go down never gets resolved. <laughs> it's just like, Oh shit, what's going to happen? That's disappointing. Does not pop up in issue 11. And the, the, the ill-fated issue 12 does not resolve a, a single thing about as to what happens. <laughs> so I don't know what's going on here. What's strange is, is that issue 10 is where uh, the original writer, what was his name again? Um, uh, Tony Isabella stops. And he turns it over to Dennis O'Neill and Dennis O'Neill does nothing. Does it just, whoop, that's gone. That whole plot thread is just done with. So anyway, uh, okay. So issue 11, um, this is another one-off story. It's a strange, uh, I say strange. It's just, it's kind of like a, one of those, uh, the more, you know, messages. Uh, it's, it's about a student named Paco that Jefferson knows, uh, through teaching at school and his uncle, who's a drunk and his uncle has been helping this, uh, guy by the name of major Corpo, who is a dirty, sounds like a terrible TV show. <laughs> Paco and his drunk. Trust uncle. me, this could have been a TV show at some point, uh, th- this particular issue. Anyway, Major Corpo, who's this dirty businessman who's bringing over illegal immigrants who happen to be from the the home country that Paco and his uncle are from. Uh, Now, the uncle has tormented himself and taken to drinking because of, you know, him being forced to kind of help Major Corpo out and do this to his own people. Uh, Black Lightning arrives to help after a recent shipment of men, uh, human trafficking going on here. A recent shipment of men show up from the country. And uh, there's a big there's a big scuffle and there's an errant, uh, I guess, uh, bullet that 
kills Paco's love interest. Uh, so this happens in front of Paco and uh, Paco's uncle. And then immediately Major Corpo's sway of these men uh, he brought over is lost as Black Lightning turns around and knocks him out. Uh, at that time, the uncle drops his bottle and swears to better himself after these events. There you go. That's the end of issue 11. Uh, that's really all there is to it. It's just kind of like, okay, well, hey, you know, the guy was a drunk and he watched some bad shit go down and he's going to, he's going to turn, he's going to turn himself around after that. All right. So that's the end of what you saw on, on shelves for Black Lightning. Now, issue 12, like I said, shows up in, it's because it's not published as Black Lightning issue 12. It becomes a, a backup story or a story in World's Finest 260, which was just basically a bunch of stories put together. Uh, that's what the world's finest comics were now in in this one it's black lightning versus a guy by the name of dr polaris who has some kind of magnetic power and as we mentioned before black lightning has that electromagnetic belt that helps us you know he uses a lot to try and take down the bad guys there there's some kind of a message here about abusive parents because there's this kid who's going around who ran away from his parents just because they were they were jerks and ends up mark rattles you asleep nope i'm here okay all right (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the snoring woke him up um <laughs> black <laughs> so anyway this kid runs away he ends up running to his uncle turns out his uncle is dr polaris oh my goodness what a big goof um and black lightning saves the day so that's that's kind of really all issue 12 was um and, and, and there's a, a message at the end where Black Lightning says, hey, look, your family needs you. You even though your parents are broken and they're abusive pieces of crap, you need to stick around the house to try and help them out to try and make them better. So it's a it's a, some kind of a, a message in regards to running away from home. That's it, man. That's 12 issues. I mean, really what we had here to summarize things. We have the big story arc between the White Whale and Black Lightning, Mr. Gamby's death, Lynn Stewart's appearance and now she knows by the way the whole thing that she knew who Black Lightning was maybe comes up one more time that's about it gets resolved never you know not not that big of an issue it's it's I know you're Black Lightning so (laughs) not not really much of a big deal because I think in the next issue it's brought up one more time and and she's just kind of helping him out and that's it so okay final thoughts Mark so we can get out of here what's your final thoughts on the Black Lightning series that we covered tonight my final thoughts about Black Lightning are that it was fine. I'm interested in the t- TV show. That was the idea. It was to sort of you know build up interest in this sh- in this show in the best way we could. Uh, so I'm excited to see what they do with it. Apparently, the show's really good from um, the early reviews that I've read. They did a, ba- a better job of sort of explaining the black experience in modern America than Luke Cage did. And Luke Cage, that's what it, that's what it got the biggest credit for was Plight of the Black Man. Mm-hmm. This fable about a black hoodie who uh, is bulletproof. So volumes. I, I I think the first half of this tried to do that. I think it starts to lose a sense of itself and just becomes another. It becomes a comic, comic book. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, it becomes just, just another comic. The last couple of issues, which is a little disappointing. I like a I like comic with with an edge to it, with a you know a bit of a uh, an agenda. But you know, overall, I look they they're not all going to be knocking out of the park home runs. They're not all going to be wacky raceland stinkers. This was somewhere in the middle. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it knocked it out of the park. I was like, you shut your mouth. 
<laughs> Wacky Raceland, number one. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Uh, 1977, 1978. It's a good story to be told in that period of time. To be honest, I mean, it's really, it's actually a, the the first part, but uh, the arc with him and the white whale is actually pretty decent. I, I enjoyed it. I was, I was uh, excited, and they threw in some twists. It wasn't this. Is wasn't your typical superhero stuff. Pretty hard. I was impressed. We'll just put it that way. Nin- for 19 for a late 70s comic book and a story about you know an African one of the first African American superheroes that DC has had. I think our our writer here did a great job. Tony Isabella did a great job telling the tale. Just like you said, it does turn into a bit of a comic book in the last few issues. But heck, I don't think they knew what was going on. I I, I have a feeling that they knew the writing was on the wall at about issue 11 that this this series probably wasn't going to continue. Hence mm. why we didn't have any any resolve from issue. Yeah, two. no resolution whatsoever on a lot of this stuff. I won't. I, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't kind of hard to pay attention to. Wasn't for me to relate to. It, it was, you know, the storylines were good. They they kept everything going. Uh, and of course, up until like towards the end, when you said, like you said, the writing was on the wall. Yeah. They weren't going to stick around, so they were just kind of like, yeah, just let's get some stuff out and and be done with it. That's what it felt like, at least. Yeah. It was good. It was definitely a 70s comic book. Definitely a 70s comic book. Lots of explaining things as you were doing it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's less, not enough faith in the art to tell the story sometimes. Right. If I could just punch him in the jaw <laughs> and knock him out, I'll be, you know, and that's what, you know, as he's doing it kind of a deal. So yeah, it, it was, I mean, but it was good. I mean, I'm not going to say that I didn't enjoy it, but you know, I enjoyed some of it, most of it. Are, are you glad you read this to kind of uh, yeah. give you a bit of a primer for the show? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You, you're now a little bit more familiar with the characters, the main characters that are yeah. going to happen. So, all right. Okay. Mark Rattlitz, let's get into plugs, man, and get out of here. What, what, go for plugs, sir. The other reason why we're, we're doing uh, Black Lightning is we're celebrating Martin Luther King Day here on the Rattlitz and Broadcasting Network. That's right. Are Black- we? Yes. This is ne- next week there, Ronnie. That's that's happening, buddy. Next Monday. I know, but oh, okay. Let's Black just make power. it true. Black power. Black yeah, powder. I- um that's part on the sweet. 16th of January. <laughs> we'll have the gang back together to discuss the runaways, which should be which uh by that point will have ended. I believe the last episode of the season, which has been renewed, is uh January 9th. Maybe they'll actually run away. Yeah, maybe. I think um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> nobody ran away on the runaways what a rip, what a rip off. um on the metal hammer of doom we're reviewing the new corrosion of conformity following week uh january 22nd we're doing the vision the entire run by tom king be good. so good i'm so i'm looking forward to that so much we're going to review the Orville on TV Party tonight on the 23rd. That's also been renewed for second season. Good. And then on the Metal Hammer of Doom, we're going to look at Avatar, Avatar Country. And then we end we end January, otherwise known as Jesse's Month. <laughs> January 29th, we're Jesse and I, because I wish I was Jesse. Anyway, um, uh, you've done that TV bit already. Party tonight. Black Mirror season four. So there's no source material that week. Jesse has the, you would think that Jesse would have the night off, but no, no rest for the wicked. Uh, he'll be on TV part tonight, Black Mirror live and in poison January 29th. And then our second on trial for the month of January, Sean's pick. We're going to look at the Godfather part three. And then finally machine head catharsis January 31st. And that wraps up. That that wraps up the month of January. If uh, if you're listening to this again live on the Rattlers and Broadcasting Network, the previous week we did 300 by Frank Miller. Uh, we did 300 on trial, and we reviewed Watain from the on the Metal Hammer of Doom. Ronnie's favorite band, by the way. Oh no, he's got a lot of favorite bands. All right, Mark, is that it? 
I'm so tired. You are officially relieved of duty, so I, you can go to bed. No. Yay. All right. Uh, I have a show called the, the Screaming Boy Podcast, where Adam, Jesse, and I talk about a plethora of randomness. We are getting ready to release two shows. Uh, one is we talk about our favorite TV shows. I know the Orville was mentioned. Jesse, you talked about, what did you talk about? Uh, well, me and you talk Superstore. Yeah, Superstore. You had Super Adam. Story. You couldn't remember the one Adam. Adam talked had about. Silicon Valley. Very good. And Josh Calandras had Runaways. That's and right. And I had something I can't remember. I can't remember what I talked about. That's chlamydia. Awesome. No, no. <laughs> STDs are not mentioned on our show very often. <laughs> so anyway, uh, so we're getting really sad. And then uh, you and I had a discussion about the Last Jedi, which is going to come out directly after that one. And then uh, you can find us on any social media. Look on Facebook with, for Screaming Boy Podcast, uh, on Instagram, Screaming Boy Podcast, and then uh, Twitter, Screaming Boy PR. Um, we're, I'm getting ready to uh, go to several cons coming up. Uh, you and I talked about some cons before. That's, that, that show's actually out there on, on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, TuneIn, and here. I think it's on, on, on the network as well. Um, so we talked about some cons that we've been to and I'm actually, I broke down and I'm, I'm going back to North Carolina comic con in, in Raleigh this time, uh, Oak city, as they call it, I splurged on both of these, these came into some extra funds that I was not planning on. Uh, so I decided to go ahead and get VIP tickets for both these cons, which I was pleasantly surprised to find out at North Carolina comic con, the guest of honor is going to be Kevin Eastman from Eastman and Laird Ooh. to the creators of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And with my ticket, I actually get, uh, I get con specific artwork. Uh, you know, uh, you can only get it there and he will sign one piece of artwork for me, uh, Kevin Eastman for free. So, uh, the artists and everybody usually charge for their autographs and pictures and things. So I'm pretty stoked about that. So that's why I'm going back to, to, to meet Kevin Eastman. And then, so there'll be some good stuff there and, uh, going to the Raleigh Supercon. Uh, which is in July, so it's a little ways off, but it, it's right around the corner, really, where the guest will be Dave Batista. Uh, we'll be there on the Saturday. It's Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. He will be there on Saturday. Uh, Sean Gunn from Guardians of the Galaxy and the Belco Experiment. He is actually James Gunn, the director of, of Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, Volume 1 and 2. Uh, he's his brother, and he actually, Sean actually played, physically played Rocket uh, in a green suit. So it'll be cool to, to see him. They also have several, you know, um, creators uh voice actors uh amy joe johnson the original pink ranger is going to be there oh uh you'll you'll enjoy this one uh starch it is uh we're going to get to have a little bit of uh captain kirk action because william is going to be there yes so shatner's going to be there and there's going to be some really cool comic book uh, artists and creators there. Oh, John Barrowman from uh, from from uh, Arrow. We, it's funny we were talking about uh, Merlin. He is actually he plays Merlin on Arrow. Uh, John Barrowman. Oh, okay. He'll be there as well. You know, some voice actors, and then I'm pretty stoked because Jim Starlin, who oh, has wow. done books like Batman, Captain Marvel, a lot of DC comics. I know him. I I know yeah. Starlin 
uh, I believe Infinity he did Gauntlet. Infinity Gauntlets. Yes, indeed. Infinity War, uh, Warlock, uh, Dreadstar. He's going to be there, so I, I definitely want to meet Jim Starlin. That's really cool. That that um, that guy's he's up there for me. Yeah. So that yeah that that I was thinking about you when I when I saw that he was going to be there. Also, um, there is going to be a group there called Fantasy Super Cosplay Wrestling. Uh, wrestlers who wrestle in cosplay. Uh, Yellator <laughs> and his evil minions are taking on the good guys uh, i think deadpool is one of them oh dude it's a it's a freaking um <sighs> it's kind of like chikara no uh, it's it's wwe 2 case like whatever uh, yeah, you create can create a mode. Yeah, create a mode. <laughs> CAW is all over the place, man. Uh, so that's going to be pretty cool. So we got some events coming up. We actually started live streaming uh, some of our games. I have a Twitch channel, SBP Ronnie. Uh, that's SBP for Screaming Boy Podcast. SBP R O N N I E. SBP Ronnie. So uh, we will definitely social media the heck out of it when we stream. Uh, we had a pretty good uh, night streaming uh, some player unknown battlegrounds the other night but also have like assassin's creed origins world war uh, call of duty world war ii and a few other things that uh that uh, i'm planning on streaming so it'll be a lot of fun uh to see these games and see me get destroyed at them and see me get frustrated uh so there's there's some fun to be had there uh, other than that, I think that's the last thing I've got. Uh, you go to the Rattlich in Broadcasting Network Facebook page to, and give it a like. Stay up on top of all the great podcasts that we have to offer. I've been slacking on trying to get some content, uh, excuse me, sharing the content. Trust me, the content's out there. So it's a matter yep. of getting on there and sharing it across all the platforms, Twitters and Facebooks and all that. We do have uh, we do have podcasts that we share with the W2Mnet.com guys, uh, our good buddy Sean Garmer, who posts our stuff on his website and we uh, bring over the content that he has to ours to to get some... Uh, man, he has wrestling, video games. So you're not going to have a hard time finding something that you may want to listen to here on the Rattlech and Broadcasting Network. So go to blogtalkradio.com. Type in the word Rattlech. Find something you want to listen to. If you like comic books, you're listening to this podcast now. I mean, shoot, we're, we're three hours and one minute, Ronnie Adams, since I got everything, mm-hmm. we, we got everything started. But anyway, it's 12.01. Yeah, I'm right there with you. You, you were in a, this, I think is 144 or 145 episode, 144, 145, somewhere around there. We're above 140 episodes. If there's something that you want to maybe just listen to us talk about that you haven't had the chance to read or something you've read and you want infinity gauntlets right around the corner or what is it called? What is this? What is the, what is the movie coming Infinity up? War. Infinity War. Infinity War. So that's right around the corner. Now, we talked Infinity Gauntlet a long, long time ago. I'm not going to swear by that episode. And honestly, here lately, I've been thinking about revisiting some stuff now that I've got a couple, you know, co-hosts that I can rely on instead of myself <laughs> sitting there going, um, uh, turn the page, um, uh. And I got some editing skills. I'd love to revisit Infinity Gauntlet uh, and some of the other stuff we've done in the past. But regardless. Uh, there is, that's on there. Uh, there's, there, there's all sorts of great stories, Marvel, DC, independent. You can find something on there. I'm ready to go to bed. Uh, if you want to follow me at Stiznarkey, you can do so on Twitter at source. Matt is the Twitter for, yeah, for the show. And Hey, listen, if you haven't had a chance to listen to the gag room, I don't care. A listen's a listen, right? Ronnie Adams. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you click on that. I don't care if you listen to two seconds or you listen to two minutes, fast forward it, listen to the last five minutes of our last episode on 300. Trust me. You'll get a kick out of it. Uh, you'll have it. You'll have a great time. Listen to that gag reel. So uh, Mark Radlich, who is probably, I bet you anything, asleep right now. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, we can lay money on that. He is asleep. I don't care what you think. He he probably put the headset down and then fell over. That is, he's for the once, Mar, Ronnie, I swear we're getting out of here. For the asleep, Mark Radlich, for the barely awake Ronnie Adams, for the, <laughs> for the stamina and then stuttering Jesse Starcher, I'm ready to get out of here. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us. Have, have, have a good one. Bye. Goodbye, ladies and gentlemen. Bye-bye. Yo, Jack, what's up, man? Yo, BDP. Jack, who are these guys? That's my theme music. Every good hero should have some. I'm gonna put my foot dead in her ass. That's Shakespeare right there. Woo! Are you clapping, Ronnie, or is that Mark? That's Mark. <laughs> I just I just wondered how far you were gonna take it. <laughs> and you took it. The only thing missing on Two Bits' outfit was that he didn't have goldfish in his Gold. uh, in the heel of his shoes. <laughs> Jesse, there's only two ways out of this podcast. You you can either take the window or the stairs. (laughs) Why don't you toss me? Toss me. Toss me. You're going to have to toss me. Toss me. Like a real one? Like a a real albino. And (laughs) that's the greatest casting call I've ever heard. We need a fat albino. (laughs) Who's out there? What if you're the casting director? Who's who gets told like we need a fat white albino? Do you just quit? <laughs> I'm done here. I'm done. This is ridiculous. I am tired of this. You, this is not fair. This is not. Fair. This, is a, this is an ill lie of a casting call. <laughs> yes. To not not the drug, but the, the villain. Not not syphilis. The, the syphilis. The villain. <laughs> syphilis. Is taking over the DC universe. <laughs> Cyanide is here to kill. You ever hear yourself say stuff out loud and go, wow, I sound silly? Oh, yes. Black lightning oh, takes down the white whale. <laughs> <laughs> That's. Um, do they also play, isn't it nice to have a penis? <laughs> they aren't to our level yet, Mark Radlitz. <laughs> <laughs> okay. They're still learning. Um. <laughs> I get silly when I get sleepy. According to the Metal Hammer of Doom, Ronnie Adams has a lot of favorite bands. (laughs) Ronnie Adams loves the go penis. (laughs) You should stay and listen to the rest of the plugs. Okay. (laughs) If you hear me snoring, you did this to yourself. Yeah, I made him go (laughs) avoid the snoring. Marcus Bartholomew Radlich. Marcus Bartholomew. I don't have a middle name. And if I did, it would have been Anthony. Holly Bartholomew. Sometimes. Okay. okay. Right. All right. We'll have to, we'll have to, we'll have to delve deep into the non-middle name at some point later in the podcast. As a matter of fact, there's nothing to dive deep in my father. Why didn't your parents give you a middle name, you weirdo? Next week, you're going to be excited about it. As I always say to my, my son, are you excited about it? Are you excited about it? This makes me think of uh, cheap seats when you used to talk with a British accent and make <laughs> Forgot about that. Oh, damn. Find the end button. Here, where's that, Ronnie Adams? Find it. Find it now. In the show.